Okay, Liz, here's some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, multiple systems, delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs, you cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems, and you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. I have questions, Liz, about everything. I I feel like I have no idea what this year is going to hold. Absolutely no clue. And I feel like we say that every year, but this year it feels more true than other years. This year is extra special. Yeah. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in Ojai, right outside of LA, and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Liz. That's me, Liz Craft. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. And Liz, this is our 350th episode. I know. I cannot believe it. Sarah, that's a year, basically, worth of episodes. Oh, wow. You listen every day. You can listen for a year, almost. <laughs> oh, that is pretty cool. It's also our winter listener questions episode. Yes, and we got some really great questions, so we're excited to dive in. But first, we have a couple quick updates. Starting on February 1st, which is frighteningly soon, we are doing our no-spend month. No-spend February. Yes, we are. And I'm also talking about it over on Happier with Gretchen Rubin, doing it for both podcasts. Oh, my gosh. So I have double accountability there, Sarah. So we will be talking about it (laughs) and how we're doing once we hit February. Yes, we will. And also, Victoria posted in our Facebook group that there's a critical blood shortage right now. A lot of people have donating blood on their 24 for 24 lists. So if you are one of those people, now is a great time to donate blood. And if you don't have it on your list, also a good time. Yes. (laughs) Okay, Sarah, let's dive in. We'll try to move fast so we can get through a lot of questions. John was wondering, why did Liz's mom space her kids six years apart? Uh, You know what? That actually was just nature. That was not my mom's intention. But it ended up working out well, because I think if you're over five years apart, you sort of have both have the experience of being an only child. She had it at the beginning of her life, and then I had it once she went to college. So it was kind of fun. We both got a lot of attention from our parents. And you both were together enough in the same house long enough to be really close. Yes. Now, I will say, because we were into such different things growing up, we didn't really become what I'd call friends until I was college age. 
But, you know, now, of course, we're the best of friends. <laughs> and then Becca asks, do you have any tips for aspiring writers about overcoming imposter syndrome? I don't honestly know if it's overcomeable. I think you just kind of plow through it. Liz, what do you think? Yeah, I would say just ignore it and write. <laughs> I mean, the only thing yeah. you can do to be a writer is write and also take classes, join writers groups, all those kind of things, give people your writing to read. So I think you just have to do it and ignore imposter syndrome. Just don't yeah. worry about it. And identify yourself as a writer. Just embrace it. Yeah. It's hard, I think, when you aren't getting paid for it yet or you're not getting paid that much and it's not your full-time thing to be like, I'm a writer. But you're a writer. So just identify as a writer and there you go. Yes. We give you permission. <laughs> Shepard asks, do you have concerns about aging out of the business, I assume he means? Have you experienced discrimination or felt dismissed? Well, there are two very different questions because the answer to both is yes, but I would say we haven't felt or experienced discrimination or felt dismissed because of our age. We've felt it because we're women. Yes, I feel like the aging out syndrome used to be more of an issue. Now, maybe I think that because, you know, as we get older, we just assume everybody's good with that. <laughs> but yes, I definitely think being a woman is you're dismissed more because you're a woman. And that for sure we have felt. Yes. And we've been punished. Absolutely. Many times. Yes. But that is a great question, and I would actually love to hear from listeners who maybe are older if you feel there's age discrimination or you're afraid of aging out. I think that's a really interesting question. It is. And then Angela asks, if you could fast forward five minutes each day, what daily chores would you give up never to have to do again? Mm. That's a hard one. It could only be a five-minute chore. It can't be something right. that takes longer than that. <laughs> I think mine would be, oh, uh, gosh, like washing my face, brushing my teeth, using my water pick that whole time. And then I could just get to the nice part of lotions and creams. Yeah, Sarah, you know, I have to say I'm not a big chore person. You know, I do as few number of chores as possible. But I have to say emptying and loading the dishwasher because it's just endless. I feel like the second I load the dishwasher, it needs to be unloaded and then reloaded. And it's just constant. I have a trick for that, Liz. I have a dishwasher that takes over three hours to do a cycle of dishes. Uh, there you <laughs> it go. It drives me crazy. But if you need a break, I highly recommend it because okay. you can't do anything for a long time. That's funny. Claire said, for the shows that were bought but were never developed, can you sell them to another network, i.e. American Beauties? I mean, the short answer is theoretically yes. It rarely happens for a variety of reasons, but it could in theory happen. But, like, for example, American Beauties is with Warner Brothers. So it's been long enough that I think we can get the rights to the idea back. But if we sold it, we would have to pay Warner Brothers what they've paid us for scripts. Right, Liz? Right. Is that how that works? Yes, I believe so. So then someone else would have to pay on top of that. Yeah. So it's tricky. It gets less appealing. Yes. There's also just some psychological thing where people rarely want to buy what someone else bought. Yes. <laughs> 
And then Tony asks, do you have any plans to do a retreat for us non-writers? What a good question. We have been discussing this for a few weeks because people have been asking about this in our Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join the conversation. (laughs) A lot of people have been getting in touch wanting us to do a non-writing writer's retreat I mean, not a writer's retreat, just a happier in Hollywood retreat. So I would love to hear from people, what would that look like? I mean, we've talked about it. We would do it in Ojai. We would have hiking. We would have a sound bath. We would have sessions about different things. Yes, but we have always focused so much on writing for the retreats. So we're just trying to go, okay, what does that look like? What would the sessions be about? So if there are particular things that you would want to talk about or focus on in a retreat, do please let us know, and we'll certainly factor that in. Yeah, so let us know. It's an intriguing idea. I love the idea of doing that, Sarah. Absolutely. Be fun. It would be really fun. I mean, we love our meetups so much, and we haven't done one, so it would be like a more focused meetup. intimate meetup, yeah. Yeah. And it would bring listeners together, potentially from different parts of the country. True, which would be fun. Lori said, we recently spent a lovely day in Ojai. I live in Florida, and I was wishing I knew what Sarah would recommend as far as hikes and favorite restaurants, etc. I plan to return one day, so would really appreciate her suggestions. And she says she's listened since the beginning. So thank you, Lori. Okay, so for hikes, I have three. But the first thing I would say is to go to the Ojai Valley Land Conservancy website because they have a lot of different trails that they maintain, and they're an amazing organization. But three that I really like are the one in, like, the old riverbed. It's not a up hike. It's pretty flat, but it's really interesting. And then I like the hike up Signal. You just take Signal all the way up to the very end, and there's a really nice hike with beautiful views of Ojai. And then just because it's close to my house, we do the one on Sulphur Mountain Road. We just drive up to the end of Sulphur Mountain Road and go straight up from there. And that's the Sulphur, there are a couple Sulphur Mountain Roads. (laughs) This is the one that's like right before Creek Road. And then Sarah, what restaurants do you recommend? Restaurant-wise, we've talked about Zadie's. That's my favorite little writing spot. And you have fallen in love with Zadie's as well. And I recently met the carpenter who did all the gorgeous work at Zadie's. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and then the Duchess. The Nest, we actually went to The Nest yesterday. Oh, my God, it's so good. Bonnie Lou's for breakfast. And then if you want a fancy dinner, I would say the uh, patio at the Ojai Valley Inn. Yes, and Rory's is like the kind of scene restaurant. I haven't been there because I try to avoid that. But (laughs) I think it's really, uh, it's supposed to be really, really good. Oh, yes. Everybody should go to Ojai. Ojai is amazing. And coming up, Sarah is going to answer a very important question about her toothbrush. But first, this break. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. 
Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. I don't know about you, but we're always looking for ways to get our kids involved and give back in our local community. That's why we're excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, which is the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. I would love for Violet to do this program when she's in high school. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, it's also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org students. That's lls.org students. Okay, Liz, we're back with a question from Meredith. She says, what is the brand of the combo electric toothbrush slash water flosser that Sarah mentioned last week? I didn't hear the brand. The brand is Waterpick. It's spelled water, P-I-K, and they have tons and tons of Different things for flossing slash brushing. I almost said flossing. I guess it's kind of that. Hey. <laughs> um, yeah, water pick. Wonderful. Liz, you were going to get one. Did you get one? No, I decided that I would wait until after No Spend February to ponder whether I really needed okay. it, wanted it, or would use it. Okay, good. Yes, because, you know, I'm, I'm anticipating, trying to get in the mode of not buying. <laughs> This is a fun question. KT asked, does Liz ever have trouble keeping track of what she's discussed on which podcast? Sometimes, for some reason, Sarah, though, I have quite a good ability to remember if I've discussed something and where I've discussed it. Gretchen is always amazed when I'll say, she'll say an idea, you know, something she wants to talk about. And I'll say, I feel like we talked about that. And she goes, no, we haven't talked about that. And I'll say, I feel like we did. And she'll look it up and it'll be like, oh, episode 72. We discussed this exact thing. Wow. So I don't know what it is, but I can really, for some reason, recall what, what I've talked about. Now, do I always get it right? Probably not. But I don't have that much trouble with it. It's interesting because that is the person that people want in writers' rooms. You really count on either a writer or a writer's assistant to be the person who's like, no, that thing happened in episode four of season three. Yes. You need that person with that voice. So, Liz, I think that's you on the podcast well, front. Maybe also because I've been in so many writers' rooms, I've developed that ability because yes. it is very helpful to remember what's on a show. Although I have many more podcast episodes than TV episodes. I don't have 350 <laughs> episodes of Angel yeah. to remember. Yeah, you don't do two TV episodes a week. Anyway, good question. <laughs> 
And then Bridget added, I've wondered that too. And more to the point, how on earth does Liz do two podcasts and work as a writer, showrunner, and be a mom? Actually, how does Sarah do it either? A podcast, TV work, being a single mom. I'm a single mom with a demanding job, but two jobs? Well, I mean, I would say, Sarah, for me, I have a lot of help. I mean, Adam helps a ton, my husband. My son has an amazing nanny, Cynthia, who helps a lot. And then also our job, we're at a point in our career where we're really in control of our time. So that is really the key factor. I don't know if we could have done this when we were, say, staff writers and had no control over our time. No, I think we couldn't have because it would have been that thing of like, we're up until three in the morning on, you know, some random show rewriting something that probably shouldn't have ever gone to script in the first place. And then you don't want to get up early in the morning and try to be coherent. Yeah. But Sarah, I marvel when I watch you doing what you do. As you know, I think it's very hard. Hats off to you. <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to think of what to say to that. <laughs> sometimes it's hard and sometimes it's less hard. But yes, it's not, it's not easy. As you point out, though, you at least don't have to argue with anybody over the best course of action. You can make decisions as you wish. Whereas I don't have that ability. And I appreciate that. Like, I feel like that is one of the things that I have a sufficient amount of gratitude about. I'm really grateful. (laughs) All right. Cindy said, Liz, is your niece Eliza named after you? How did you find out and what was your reaction? You know what? She is not named after me, um, which I know because I asked Gretchen when she said she picked the name Eliza, which is such a pretty name. I mentioned, oh, it's short for Elizabeth. It's like being named after me. And she was like, oh, I never thought of that. I just like the name. Didn't even occur to me. So (laughs) she's not named after me. But I like to think that subconsciously she had a good association with the name because it evoked the name Elizabeth. Absolutely. I think it's so sweet. Whether it was intentional or not intentional, I think it's very sweet. Yes. I did name Jack after my dad. Yes. Okay, and then Michelle asks, do writers get to insert suggestions for music or other facets of a show, or is it a stay-in-your-lane kind of approach? That's an interesting question, and it really depends on level. I mean, if you're at a high level as a writer, then there is no lane if you're an upper-level writer. All the lanes are your lanes, and you're making decisions about really everything. As a lower-level writer, I would say you have... Certainly, it's good to make suggestions about stuff to the showrunner. You wouldn't want to go into, like, the editing bay and say, like, hey, put this song in. But if there's something you feel strongly about, absolutely, depending on the showrunner, but hopefully you have a showrunner who's open to that, you can definitely make suggestions, and it's appreciated. What's tricky about music is that so much of it comes down to the budget. So you have a composer who usually gets to know the show very well, and really knows what to do just instinctively. And then you have a music supervisor for songs, and so much of the songs that are chosen have to do with the budget. So yes, we might all love to put a Bob Dylan song into an episode, which did happen on an episode of Alias, which I couldn't believe, which it still (laughs) sticks out to me as like an amazing moment of TV. But you really are going to pay for that. So... For Fantasy Island, we were on a lean budget, so we really had to get songs that we loved but that were not expensive, and thank goodness Melanie, our music supervisor, 
was a whiz at that. Yes. I mean, I, we can't say enough good things about Melanie and the incredible music that she found. Kelly wants to know, do you have any recommendations for a user-friendly app that makes it easier to write and edit a book on iPad Pro? No, but if anyone does, please let us know and we'll share that information. I mean, we just use Google Docs. Yeah, which is, seems to be working so far, although I've had some margin issues. Yeah, I don't think Google Docs is particularly user-friendly for writers. I much prefer Microsoft Word, but it's yeah. just not its not really useful at this point. For our purposes, Google Docs works better because we're writing together. If we weren't writing together, we would, I'm sure, both be writing in Microsoft Word. Yes, probably. Ooh, coming up, we have a question about what writer's room we would choose to go back in time to be in. But first, this break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, we are back. And Kelly says, if you could magically go back in time and either spy on or join any TV writer's room from history, which show would you choose and why? Sarah, do you have an answer? I feel like I would go back, back to like the writer's rooms of our childhood to, like, All in the Family, Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, The Jeffersons. There were some really great sitcoms. Weirdly, I'm choosing sitcoms. I mean, maybe because the thought of being in, like, the Dukes of Hazard writer's room sounds terrible, but um, I would love to go back to some classic sitcom writer's rooms. I was going to go with Mary Tyler Moore, which is oh, a similar yeah. vibe to what you're saying. If I was going to pick a drama, boy, I might go to 30-something. Just because I got oh. so into 30-something after it aired, when I graduated from college, I started watching 30-something. It was on at like 3 in the morning every night, which tells you something about my sleep habits after I graduated college. And I really, that I feel like was kind of the the birth of me wanting to be a TV writer, was watching 30-something, oddly. so Interesting. If I have to pick a drama, I'm going to say My So-Called Life. I just think it would have been a really interesting room to be in and a lot of really fascinating discussions and smart people. Yes, that was also, that was the same camp. A lot of the same yes. people. Yep. And then Cindy says, how did you meet in high school? Were you instant friends or did your friendship take time? And did you imagine that you would be friends for life and writing partners? No. I mean, I don't even think we imagined the idea of writing for TV at that no. time. I mean, it was just not something that kids from the Midwest were contemplating. 
Now, I remember you thought you would be a prosecutor, criminal prosecutor. There was a window where I was thinking of being a lawyer, but my mother, who was a lawyer, told me I wouldn't be a good lawyer. (laughs) You would be a great lawyer, Sarah. So I I stopped thinking about that path. We met in ninth grade because you came to the school where I had been since fourth Mm -hmm. grade. And I would say we didn't meet each other and sort of talk right away. But as soon as we met and talked, we became instant great friends. Yes. And that was really due to our high school newspaper. Yes. Right? I mean, the the paper was what really brought us together. The sad thing is I have virtually no memory of specifics about that time. I just remember like, newspaper, Liz, articles, delis, pizza, you know. (laughs) Yeah, you and I, really our friendship grew when we went, and I think we've talked about this before on the podcast, we went around to different Kansas City delis together, and then we (laughs) did a piece on the different delis and what we recommended. Um, And then we also did a piece on AIDS which this was in like 1987. So it really wasn't in the zeitgeist completely at that point. Yeah. And that was a very cementing for our friendship. Yes. Because that was a very profound experience. Catherine said, hi, I just listened to your retreat retro, and I'm so excited that you want to put on more retreats. My question is, would you ever consider doing a virtual retreat or workshop? I hope to attend an in-person retreat in the future, but right now, because of life circumstances, it's not something I can do. And she says she thinks a virtual event might be a fun way for aspiring TV writers around the country who listen to the show to be able to learn more about the business, make connections, and improve their writing and formatting. Oh boy, Sarah. I (laughs) I love you, Catherine. (laughs) I know. I feel so burned out on Zoom I don't want to do a virtual retreat. I know. It's really hard. I was, as you were reading that, I was trying to think about how that could work in a way that doesn't just suck the life out of people. Could you do something where you do a session on Saturday mornings for a month or, you know, but that's like, then you're committing to something for a month of Saturday mornings. Like it's, you can't really do a full weekend kind of retreat. It would just be grueling. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. I mean, the further we get away from the pandemic, the less I want to do big Zooms. Like it's one thing if you and I and one other person are on a Zoom. Yeah. But those big Zooms, man, they're rough. Yeah. But we'll ponder it. Maybe we could do like a very focused one or two hour, maybe one hour break. Yeah. (laughs) One hour kind of thing about something. I don't know. Maybe. And then Connie wants to know, when you two go to Vegas, do you do any gambling? If so, which games do you play? Craps and blackjack. Yes. Mostly blackjack. (laughs) Yes. But we do have fun when we go to Vegas together. We're good Vegas buddies. And when we took the cruise, there was a casino on the cruise ship. So we played blackjack there as well. Yes, we did. Elizabeth said, would you both consider an event in KC with Gretchen? Absolutely, we would consider that. Yeah, love to do that. I would love to do that at our friend Joe Marie's restaurant, as a matter of fact. Ooh, oh, that'd be fun. Cafeteria. Anyone in KC, check out Cafeteria. And then Jess says, I'm curious about how often people move from working in TV to working in film and vice versa. My 16-year-old son is sniffing around the field, and I wonder how much it matters where he starts. I would say less and less does it matter. You know, I think people go back and forth a ton. Yeah. I, I think wherever opportunity is, that's where you go. 
And then you can absolutely go back and forth. It used to not be the case, but now with just sort of premium TV and the business being in such upheaval, I think anything goes. And then Amanda says, can you share your real life experience or tips for bringing a new puppy home? We're shifting gears a little here, Liz. Yes. Oh, into a home with a two-year-old dog already. Sarah, I imagine you've experienced this lots of different times. And Liz, your two seem to be best buds. Adding our new pup to the family is our way to choose the bigger life. Yay. Yay. Sarah, this is a question for you. You have way more experience than I do. All I can say is I love having two dogs. We did absolutely nothing. (laughs) We just brought in the dog and, you know, that was it. So give us some tips about what we should do. Okay, well, it's a hard one because dogs do like each other or not like each other or feel sort of nothing about each other. And one thing I would have done, I think, when I got crackers, when we already had Cheesy, is let Cheesy be part of the selection process. I chose Crackers online because he seemed to have a lovely personality, and when we met him, he was just the sweetest dog in the world. But Cheesy and Crackers do not really care about each other. Like, they're just like, oh, yeah, that dog's here. Oh, yeah, that dog's here. They're not buddies. So I think I would have let Cheesy be part of that decision more. And then if you're doing a puppy, I would say just, like, make the other dog's life super awesome when the puppy comes into your life. Mm. Treats and fun, and whenever the puppy's around, people give me lots of attention and that kind of thing. I know we have some really great dog trainers who listen, so I actually would suggest putting this on our Facebook group. And if you're a dog trainer with with a better, bigger answer to this question, please do let us know. And Sarah, do you have an opinion on girl dog versus boy dog? Like if you already have one, should you get the same or different or doesn't matter? I mean, this is purely anecdotal, but I would say different. Like two girl dogs can can be a little challenging with each other. And, you know, we just added a third dog who is a girl. So we have two boys and a girl. And I think having that mix is good. And you have a boy and a girl. Yes, which I love. Our dogs, Nacho and Daisy, they're the best of friends. They also fight. They play. I mean, they run the gamut, you know, (laughs) just like real life people. Yeah. And they're so cute. Yeah. And finally, Beth asks, how do you carve out time for all the content you take in as part of your professional life? It seems like you keep up with many books, shows, podcasts, so you can speak to them in a professional context. It seems like an immense amount of time would be needed. I think the big thing is audio. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, like podcasts you can listen to in the car, in the shower, books I listen to everywhere now. So a lot of it is having mobility with content. Yes. I just love watching stuff. So that's what I do with my downtime is read and watch stuff or listen to stuff. Yeah. And I read more than I watch, which is not great. I need to watch more. We can always watch more, Sarah. Yes. I think now that Violet's older, honestly, and bedtime isn't a six-hour process, Mm -hmm. it really does open a lot more free time. And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. And please follow us if you haven't already. And I want to mention, make sure your podcast has not been paused. With the new Apple updates, some podcasts have been paused, which means they're not downloading. And it really, really helps us if you 
go to our podcast and unpause. Thank you, everyone, for the great questions. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Sankola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sankola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Listen to the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin and Side Hustle School. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram and threads at S. Fain and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. Sarah, that writer's room question is so interesting. I feel like there are so many writer's rooms I would love to go be a part of. Oh, I know. And I think a lot of people probably thought you were going to say Mad Men. Well, that is the one that I didn't say that I was pondering. Uh But there's people talk about all the drama at Mad Men, so I don't know. I guess I'd want to be a spy there, but not necessarily be a part of it. Yes. But that is my favorite show of all time. Weirdly, I think I would say The Shield, and we did do that, so that's nice. Good point. That is nice. (laughs) From the Onward Project.